0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of this Plate Stack Chat. Fortunate today, it's not just myself, Tom, and Jason around the Plate Stack, but we do also have the one, the only, Steve Beckett. How are you, mate? All right?
1: Some introduction.
2: I'm good. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much for
0: having me on. Perfect. What about you, boys? You all right?
2: Chase, Tom? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah. I, I went to the dentist at lunchtime today, and I feel like... I was like, "Are you cleaning my teeth? Or are you like scrubbing the bath?" I feel like I've, I feel like I've had a been done over, and then had my wallet emptied as well. <laughs> well, um, was it just after lunch? Oh, no, don't it was, do it. It was like, it was like in, in what? It was instead was it, of lunch. It was, was it two thirty? It was exactly <laughs> there. We go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jason, what have you done that we can make jokes about today?
3: I mean, I, I was fine until about thirty seconds ago, and <laughs> took a dip. Uh, I've not really done much, guys, because I have chosen to self-isolate uh, because I have two children at home, both of which had COVID and had to self-isolate. Um, so while government guidelines would allow me to go out. I thought that would be a bit a bit a bit weird to um sort of be carrying my daughter around the house all day and then put her down and go outside and be like that's right everyone <laughs> government says i can do this it's fine so um tomorrow i'll be going out for the first time in a long Whoa. time so that'll be fun i mean it's going to work so it's not as fun but, but hey
2: good <laughs> what can we make fun out of there oh, you know. make fun
3: of my children having Covid, go on Sam
0: <laughs> you know the bar is so low for me that is absolutely something I would normally do <laughs> um, but I'm so bored with what you just said I can't bring myself to do it um, we all woe is me, I'm self isolating because I know better
2: than the government blah 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 but anyway <laughs> but, but Sam what about you, how are you you gave How us a great I? introduction, but are you uh, are you, are you top-notch
0: at the moment? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm okay. Um, my wife and son are upstairs. My son has got a bit of a cold, not COVID. Um, so, you know, I don't think you have to self-isolate for a cold these days. Um, although some people probably do. Um, but yeah, he's currently screaming upstairs and the wife has seen him and I'm in the bad books. But apart from that, we're really good at the moment. We are really good. Um, yeah, great um should we let's let's kick off because this week's this week's episode is actually about um what does a crossfitter look like um and f- from and this is personally from me what a CrossFitters look like because i arguably maybe i don't look like a crossfitter but from my point of view why do some companies not cro- some especially some kind of crossfit companies or companies that might be told off for using the crossfit hashtag not providing for guys who do crossfit like me maybe big fluffy bears that's that's kind of where we are i mean we can in the title it'll be a bit neater than that um but but that's kind of where we're where I want to take off from today.
1: So you want me to answer that question or you know, the one, what does a CrossFit look like? So <laughs> do, you want me to, do you want me to go straight into the difficult one? I'm right? going
0: to so start uh, off by bashing you because I can't buy any of your clothes. So Steve, if if, if you're listening to this show, Steve, oh, you're you are the one of the owners or you are the owner of the Defiant Co. co- co-owner with
1: my dad. So co-owner yeah.
0: with your dad. So and, and I can't actually, I've got a lovely pair of shorts of yours and I wear them for every single workout because your shorts smell. Go to an XL. <laughs> you I need to wash, wash them, mate. <laughs> I wash them. How many times do you think I work out a day? <laughs> Sometimes not even one. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I came to your store. I was like, oh, I'm infused about this, but I can't buy a t-shirt because they're too small. What's what is the deal? Like, give me give me an insight into the deal of why why that is. I, so f- I'm not blaming you because you obviously cater for your market. But yeah, and I'm not I, think... you. I
3: got you on a podcast so I could call you out in front of all these people. But I'm not Absolutely. But he he came on this
0: podcast knowing this was gonna happen. So I hope I thought we we're gonna ease into it a, it a
1: little bit, don't get me wrong. But
3: I, I did
0: as going. well, so I mean, I'm not <laughs> well, even we'll sharp. Well,
3: so this is what happens when we let Sam take
0: control. No, <laughs> no, no, we'll come in hot and then we'll loosen it up. That's fine. Like yeah. we can, well, just to deal with the elephant in the room and then we can talk plainly about all the other stuff. Yeah, and I think like
1: it's it's a difficult one. I think if I t- I'll answer it in two ways, so I think the larger brands that um you know, your Nike's and other main brands that maybe don't cater for those sizes, whether they be you know, larger or smaller, I think there is no excuse because they are in a unique position where they can do absolutely anything. You know, the brands that powerful, the reach is that large, the you know, the funding's almost, um, you know, it's infinite. So there's no excuse. And I think that is like one answer to it. But I think with the smaller brands like us, for example, because I can speak about us because I know everything that we've done and, and why we've done it. We've made a, a big point of making the business sustainable by growing organically. So when we formed in 2018, me and my dad both put a a small amount of money in relative to what people might expect. And since then, we've not added a single bean because it's all been paid for by what we've generated. So in doing that and being sustainable and, you know, trying to future-proof your business, you've got to cater for the most um, relevant markets. Now, is that fair? Maybe not, but from a business point of view, you want to get to a point where you can then cater for all markets and then, you know, you grow organically with that. Like I say, so when we first started, obviously I wanted to do way. we started, I think we had four t-shirt designs and one hoodie design. You know, I wanted to do everything when I started, I wanted swing tags on branded packaging, you know, 20 different color options and everything. It's just, you just can't do it. And so many businesses, not just in this industry will fail by trying to do too much too soon. So because you're trying to grow organically, you have to make some sacrifices, whether that's on size offerings, you know, product offerings. And I think that's the key. And it's, it's good that you, we, we're talking about it because I did a, a recent poll on my story where I asked people to, you know, where you ask questions of people cause I like to be as interactive as I can. And I got a couple of comments back specifically on this point. And um, so it is obviously something that we, we want to look at, but from a, it's just it's just difficult so the stock room is across two rooms at my parents house for example at the moment so this is not infinite space you know we don't have any overheads for that reason but at the same time it means we are limited to what we can what we can hold so I the thing that we try and do which is you know it doesn't solve the problem but it's kind of shows that we're willing to acknowledge that we want to do more is the stuff that you know I've spoke to you before Simon said you know, we can. I can get you anything. I need a bit of lead time. I've, I've provided things in the past for people um, at both ends of the spectrum. Some that we didn't have a small enough petite range for, and some that wanted, you know, I think it was double as opposed to XL. And, and we made them for them and got them sent out, and they were they were happy enough. But yeah, that's a very long winded way of kind of saying we've got to for us to be sustainable at the moment. We've got to cater for the markets that are going to sell the most, and that's. You know, it's done, it sounds discriminatory, I guess, but it's not supposed to be. It's just we've got to do what we've got to do to do us, and hopefully, in the future, we'll be able to do more, We'll be in a position whereby we can offer more because we want to. You know, obviously, we want everyone to have access to our brand; it's in our best interest. But we can't do that until we're kind of in a position to to do it. I guess.
0: I guess it's not my it's not your fault that 90 and 98 percent of people fit between a small and an extra large is it and the two percent of people that are outside of that, you know maybe maybe i'm just bitter because i can't be bothered to
2: lose any weight and fit in smaller clothing um is i mean on sustainability though and I, i don't own a business so you know steve tell me if i'm talking nonsense but it's like you know, you've got checks and balances. You have your overheads, but you also have your unit costs. And uh, if you're, I say, you want to be able to offer variety, but so if you're doing a run of T-shirts, a certain number, and there might be a minimum order number, or there might, be, or there might not be, but the, probably the less of that you're ordering the higher the unit cost, is that then cost that you have to pass on to your customer? And then there's that question is like, well, why is my t-shirt costing more than those t-shirts? And and that could be the same for a limited edition design or it could be because of the, the sizing or anything. And I guess it's, you know, it's you're between a rock and a hard place in that sense, right? And you might be able to get it made done, get it made, but it would have to be pre-order only. And that sounds like stuff that you've done in the past. And so it's just about what's sustainable and, and getting that. And I guess you must also then build Build, you build that kind of better relationship with your customers because it's like, well, what do you want? We can make it happen.
1: Yeah, and there is that, and, and also on to that point, um, stock. When I'm pretty sure with the brands we use, go above double XL, the the products are more expensive as well to buy in. Um, there's a flat rate cost for them up to that size, and then there is an additional cost. So not only you know for us to do it, would we be holding more stock than what might be necessary on a day-to-day basis we would you know the cost would increase for it um so there is there is that but so, some of the stuff that we have designed and made from scratch on my next order of that i am putting the extra sizes in because the it makes not it doesn't make as much difference so i'm, I'm listening to what i've um, a couple of the girls from the gym that i go to mentioned the same thing about leggings maybe not quite being the size that they need them to be um, and that's something that I can address much easier um, because of the way in which those orders are created so yeah like I say that's what I mean by when I say we're going to do what we can when we can um, and, and maybe the next time I do a run it, it would make sense to maybe just hold a, a few things back but then it's a case of you know when I look at all the different colours and all the different designs it's it's not just a couple here and there then it can become you know quite a significant number so it can be a challenge.
3: I suppose as well, as a, as a business growing within the CrossFit space, and this probably ties in then again to what does a CrossFitter look like or what do people perceive a CrossFitter to look like physically, uh, I guess the best place for you to kind of get people to see your brand, to get to know you, is going to be at competitions, events, things like that. Generally, if we're t- talking a kind of the average, and, and you know, Sam, you're saying probably 98% fit between, a small and an extra large it's probably even more so those that then choose to go to competitions because either they're competing or they've been doing CrossFit you know they're they're kind of all in on CrossFit and you know many people started CrossFit and lost weight or put on a bit of weight you know whatever it you know a bit of size so you you're not just sort of saying well here's the market in general and the majority are here, but like, here's the market in general. And then we're within that market. Those that choose to go to the kind of events where we'll be present most likely they're going to fall between these sizes. And and that's where I'm going to, I'm going to focus. And you know, that, and that would maybe be different if you had a business model where you were visiting different boxes all across the UK to, you know, to advertise your stuff and there you're meeting the more kind of, all the different mums that just go along to CrossFit because it's what they found is the right fitness thing for them or different, you know, whoever whoever it may be. But you're much more, I guess, tied to the competitive side of CrossFit. And in order to be competitive at CrossFit, probably you do look a certain way, right? Just by the nature of being a yeah. competitive
1: athlete. I, I, yeah, to, to an extent. But what what we've tried to do as a brand is kind of, try and be accessible to all. So we've had feedback in the past. We share every single person that tags us if we see it. Sometimes people on private and such like we share regardless of anything. You know, I make a point of posting my workouts every day, not because they're good, (laughs) quite the opposite, actually, (laughs) to show that we are a normal brand for normal people. You know, some of the smaller brands that want to, you know, go down the elitist route of, you know, we're super fit and we've got, you know, all, singing and dancing kit that's going to make you go to the games and all that you know it's such a small market of people that are in that sort of league that you kind of pigeonhole yourself a little bit so we kind of try and appeal to the to everyone because that's what you know a community is and that's what a good brand should do I guess so yeah yes and no obviously when you go you know when we've got people at the comps wearing it that's great because of just because of the sheer focus on it and the photography and, and all the media that comes with it it's like self-promoting then so that's great but on a day-to-day basis I value you know someone that might not necessarily be as fit as someone else wearing it in the gym just the same so
3: yeah I guess I, I was thinking like you know I was at a comp the other weekend and one of the things I said to to, to someone else that I think maybe it was the first time they'd gone to a, a competition as well we're just looking around I was just like The audience is so fit. (laughs) Like you just (laughs) it's it's rare to go to somewhere and kind of everyone, even though they're just spectating, they're fit relative to the general population. And I suppose that's the difference, right? Again, you're making something for people that do CrossFit. So again, we can all be at different stages in you know our CrossFit journey and for and for different reasons, we might be different sizes. And obviously, we're not saying that everyone that does CrossFit will eventually be a certain size. But statistically speaking, the majority are going to fall within a, a certain range, aren't they? Uh, and, and I guess that's where you get comments about, uh, so, you know, I mentioned to you guys before when we we're talking about doing this topic that like a friend of mine sent me a message just saying he doesn't do CrossFit, but sent me a message just saying kind of, oh, there's a lot of people that tell me they do CrossFit that don't look like they do CrossFit. Uh, and again, it's maybe because there's an extreme, isn't there, of people see like the games and they're like, well, that's what a CrossFit athlete looks like. None of us look like that, <laughs> so that's <laughs> so, that's fine. But then I suppose yeah. within that there's a kind of more reasonable imagination of what someone who does CrossFit looks like, and then there's going to be outliers on on either side. You know, it's it's like the fact that we've got people at the box that uh, are maybe in their eighties, but that's not what you would assume a CrossFitter looks like, because you'd think they're somebody young, but mm. but we know better because over time it's become more accessible and just more accepted as a uh, you know a form of fitness
2: not just mm. for the elite but for everyone. Yeah, I think that's uh, nice. We Yeah, Sam came in hard with some hard punches there, Steve. Sorry about that. Wasn't pre-agreed, but we've done a nice arc, I think, back to the original question of like, what does a CrossFit, what does a functional fitness athlete look like? And I guess on that, and, and I like age being another way, because when you start talking about kind of body shape, body size, then, you know, there's that, that, that can be kind of an interesting topic. Like, kind of descriptor but age is really interesting one and what i want to touch on really i'm going to start with crossfit because it is a brand a methodology and a sport which is both very clever from a marketing point of view but also from um a kind of uh i guess kind of it can be confusing because it's like is a crossfitter and then and then we then we call ourselves CrossFitters. The brand is in the name that we're then using, right? So it's kind of like, um, you know, I play, if I played football, do I call myself a footballer? No, not really, but I play football, right? And it's like, but I do CrossFit. And I think it's that element is that like the methodology is like synonymous with, can be, incorrectly synonymous with the sport and so people then look at the games and then look maybe start looking down the pyramid and all you then see is kind of like you know so if we take age rather than kind of size you be like oh well a crossfitter is a 20 something year old kind of like you know male, female, whatever, right? But there's a very specific demographic as well, whether it be aged, kind of like, you know, or or it, it, you could say it's like a, a 20-something-year-old American because that's what the predominant <laughs> level of um, CrossFit Games athlete are. And that isn't the case at all. So, you know, and so when you have someone who's outside of the bubble going, you don't really look like CrossFit, uh, you don't really look like a CrossFitter, but their reference of a CrossFitter is probably Netflix or YouTube, which is not the majority because really... Like the competitive sport in functional in the functional fitness space, whether it be CrossFit sanctioned or otherwise, is not mass participatory. The closest thing we get really is the open, but equally then you're not getting everyone in your box signing up for the open. So you know it. it the competitive space is not representative of the wider community, but it's the competitive space that the kind of external um, parties will typically yeah. see. Join in next week when we will, (laughs) but yeah, sorry, that was a little bit of a soapbox, but I, I guess it's, I think it's just really, really interesting that, you know, that's the thing is that people look at CrossFit games and think that's what a CrossFitter is. And is this an issue where the brand is so entwined with the community, with the methodology when it's like, well, actually a CrossFitter is someone, you know, in and out of the gym, probably adopts a certain methodology, but equally probably adopts a certain lifestyle as well. And that isn't that isn't represented by someone doing kind of grace unbroken or double DT, you know, under the lights of the Coliseum.
1: Yeah, and I think like, it's, it's interesting as well, because whenever you watch any of the sort of CrossFit live streams, when they cut to those um, VTs of, you know, older people in the gym overcoming things and, you know, people that have been on a journey of weight loss and things like that, They're kind of obviously almost acknowledging that themselves and showing you, look, this is for everyone. But you don't really see that unless you're already watching it. And if you're already watching it, you've already, you know, you already know that anyway. Mm. So it's it's how they, you know, could get that message out there further. I don't know. But that helped them a lot.
2: It was the blue water jugs. You know, it maybe wasn't done in the best way, but that was a way of trying to be like, the methodology is about health, not about necessarily that kind of like, Pinnacle performance now there were other things it was like okay know what you're trying to do but can both not coexist and so you know that, that's a whole other topic about and, you know maybe where... don't
3: fire your whole media team if you want to start promoting <laughs> a new <laughs> message just keep there. well yes yeah but, you well, know, yeah here's a question for you then just for this one out there because we're, we're talking about people looking outside in at what their view of the kind of what somebody who does crossfit looks like okay and we acknowledge that it's not the case. You look around a box, and you'll see people of various different shapes and sizes and ages, and so on. But those that are outliers, either particularly small or particularly big, how many of them have started doing CrossFit with the desire of eventually being within that more uh, average spectrum? Right. For example, so for example, when I I've been in CrossFit what like four years or so now, and I put on about 10 kilos because when I started, I was really small. Uh, and so just following the, the methodology, I've put on weight. But if you ask me, did you want to get bigger? Absolutely. So I wouldn't have gone in and be like, well, I just do it for, you know, my health. And the, like, yes, but I also had the goal of wanting to be able to lift more weight, be stronger, be bigger. Mm. And, and, you know, and I'm reaching that goal. And then there are other people that have gone into CrossFit saying, well, I was overweight. I wasn't happy. And this was fun and I enjoyed doing it. And as a result, I've lost weight and I, I'm happier in my, you know, my new size. So it, it's kind of, you know, marrying the two things. Cause admittedly, there are people that the reason number one, why they've joined is because they want to make a change. Uh, and, and it's a great way. It, and one of the things we, you know, one of the, the ways we sold CrossFit to many people in the past is probably telling them you get results. You know, you do CrossFit, you see results, you'll see your body change. Mm-hmm. So I guess that that even feeds then into that kind of average number of, of like, what do the average CrossFitters look like more than more, they look like this because maybe some start and they're on the, the outside, but they do it for a little while and it kind of pushes them in to that average size or shape or, or whatever with exceptions and different, you know, and, and again, you don't have to, and I'm not telling everyone they need to be a size, please. I'm just saying for some people, this is what happens.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a trick you on that because, you know, I, I I guess from a from a health point of view, you know, if someone is struggling with certain sizes, there's probably a let's meet in the middle, you know, sort of because then it's better for all, for all concerned. And like you say, there's always going to be some reasons why that's not possible. But, you know, maybe the goal, uh, it's difficult to say without sounding like you're being sort of, almost you know um, derogatory but it's it's you know oh, I maybe know. The, the goal should be to come within the, the, the maybe the spectrum should increase a little but then to come within it would be a, a better way of That's sort the sort of, of thing
0: that's the sort of thing thin people say to make fat people feel better I um, I know me as... <laughs> no I, I'm I'm just I'm picking I'm picking on you I'm picking on you but I for like I've been like everybody, regardless of what methodology you use, whether you go to club size, whether you go to CrossFit, whether you just whether you just whether you go to pure gym, whether you like whatever you do, whether you cycle, whether you swim, whether you do, you know, for leisure, it's about realistically, it's about looking better looking good, looking better naked. That, that's essentially why people train, right? You want to look better, you want your body to look better underneath underneath your clothes. You know, whatever, it, what, however that looks for you, it might be putting on, it might be losing, it might be maintaining the, the weight, but putting on bulk. It might be maintaining your size, but losing some fat. Like when I, you know, recently I've I, I got on the scales the other day cause my, my son had like thrown them on the floor. I, I'm the sort of person who never, ever gets on the scales. I, I know that they're not going to tell me the thing that I want to know. Um, so I just don't generally get on there, but my son had thrown them on the floor um, and I saw them, I was like, all right, I'll get on. Last time I got on, I was a stone heavier than the time I got on this time. That, I mean, that is obviously attributed to the fact that I'm now going to the gym five uh, minimum four times a week. I guess there's something to touch on there, what you just said about,
1: um, people's main objective for going to the gym is trying to look better naked for <laughs> it's yeah. very well put but i think like one, the guy that runs our gym he says that there are two kind of people that come to the gym there's those that come for fitness and those that come for aesthetics and he says eventually the ones that come for aesthetics you lose the ones that get that bug of just wanting to be fitter Naturally, uh, the aesthetics improve if that you know if that's one way to look at it. But you, you're constantly challenging yourself to get fitter. Eventually, you know, if you get down to your goal weight, for example, do you then lose motivation and does maintenance become more difficult because you've got no reason to go anymore in your mind? If that makes sense, so you know, if you're if you're going for that, I want to be fitter because that's why I go to the gym. Don't get me wrong, I, I like you know the fact that it enables me to treat myself at the weekend but I find more of a buzz in the fact that you know if a workout comes up on BoxMate that we've done before and I take 10 seconds off my time in the last six months that's more a thrill to me than losing a pound you know what I mean so it's kind of your goals constantly re- readjusted by your fitness level as opposed to what you look like and I think that can be a lot more motivating and, and more healthy.
2: It is an existential question, then, based on what you're just describing there. You're in there for fitness or, or, or aesthetics, potentially. And, you you know, so it's those – and, you know, the, to kind of paraphrase what you're saying, you get the bug for fitness, and then you just keep going, and, and maybe the if it's just aesthetics, you kind of wane away because if you get where you want to be, what's the driver anymore? So the existential question, then, if that's the right word to use, is – is the kind of, you look good naked, but actually, do you, do you simply start to like how you look because you know what you can do with your body? So it's not that you start looking how you want to look, but you start liking how you look because of what you can do. So Is that
0: uh, related to fitness or just generally what you can do with your, no? Okay.
2: <laughs> well, then, I mean, like, yeah, it could be it, fitness in or out of the box, you yeah, know, wherever, right. uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we all, you know, whether it be uh, kind of, you know it might not be a barbell you're picking up <laughs> wow hey well I'll, I'll sidestep that bit and then
3: my my response to this as well would be this idea of like you're happy with what your body can do now like what how it can perform but i feel and again i'm i'm always just looking at kind of the extremes of the spectrum because i would say within that middle ground there's a lot of variety and and there's always you know and you know, I, I'm always going to be on the smaller side compared to others, and they're going to be bigger, and it is always going to mean that it's easier for me to do a handstand push-up, and then I get crushed under a heavy clean. You know, and and that's that's life, right? But I think with the the further extremes, it's obviously going to be easier to do a legless rope climb if you weigh less, because you're pulling less weight, or or muscle ups, or chin ups, or box jumps, or anything like that. So. While I wouldn't say you need to look like a, you know, a a men's health model in order to perform, getting yourself to an area probably where you're really happy with the way your body performs, it is probably going to mean that you look closer to that middle ground than to either of the extremes, unless you're a specialist and you're focusing on having an incredible deadlift or back squat or something, and in which case you can maybe be at further you know at the further end of one of those extremes but i would say if you're planning to be if you're really happy with your performance in general within crossfit probably you're somewhere within that more average category yeah i think, one side or
1: another. I, I think that's a point but also again you know when we bring it back to what does the average crossfit look like or what does a crossfit look like um we're trying to say that it's Accessible to everyone, and everyone should be able to compete in it. So, therefore, those movements, for example, that you've just talked about—handstand push-ups, handstand walking, legless rope climbs, ring muscle-ups—they're not something that those the the bulk of people that do crossfit ever even really, you know, are they that interested in doing it other than it looks cool? You know, they're not going to comps where it's going to come up, and they're doing it for fitness and to just feel part of a community. So. Maybe they're not as bothered about doing. It. I'm not bothered if I ever am able to do those things. You know, what I mean, I'm getting from it what I want to get from it, and I think there's probably more people they like the idea of that because it looks cool and it makes a good Instagram story. But in reality, does you know, do they really need to know that you know to get the same experience as someone else? Yeah. You are I,
3: right, though. I, I mean, yeah, that's an extreme. I would say chin up is probably the one I hear the most. In fact, when we went into the first lockdown, the movement. That I heard the most people kind of being scared that they would have lost because maybe they'd worked on it so much and they'd finally got it were chin ups. That was the one thing that going into lockdown, people like, oh, I'm, will I be able to do a chin up when I come out of lockdown? Um, and and I would say that's probably that I would say that's kind of that area where it's it's a move that the majority of kind of your average goers are probably going to be doing chin ups. Yeah, a, a rope climb or even a muscle up is probably a few steps (laughs) beyond that, but I would put a chin up then as my kind of, yeah, that's the movement where I think being lighter is going to be helpful, but not, you know, but you don't need to be super light in order to do it. If you're strong enough, you can be a big guy and still do a chin up.
0: Yes, you can. One. Um, (laughs) But the going back to kind of the, the, the look kind of aesthetics and the look of good nakedness about it um you know and and the the kind of middle of the road people as well so i obviously am not a middle of the road average sized person um and i don't buy average size clothes but then i don't lift average size weights either like do you know what i mean um and i you know and i don't push an average size wattage on the assault bike and, you know, so for me, there are some pluses and I actually really enjoy being the size that I am. If I, you know, if, if I really wanted to try hard and I've really, you know, and I've really felt the need to like absolutely get on. Cause realistically for me, it's nutrition. Like if I got on point with my nutrition, I'd be an absolute savage, but would I be happy? Probably not because I wouldn't get to eat chocolate bars and drink mojitos and do you know what I mean like, and, you know, just be, be me. Does that make me less healthy? Probably in the past. Well, probably in the past. Yes. Because one, you know, I haven't, I've always been this size and that's probably, I don't want to get into this too much. It's, that's probably to do with some form of eating disorder. And now that I know that that sounds like, you know, a, big deal but actually like people aren't my size people don't weigh 150 kilos what am i at the moment 22 stone nearly 23 stone people don't get that size unless you know you really love food at some point in your life or you or you comfort eat and for me it's comfort eating or it's boredom eating it's just a habit that i've built over x amount of time and it's trying to in your 30s trying to unbuild that habit is actually really hard if I'd have not built that habit when I was younger and couldn't deal with the things that I needed to deal with, you know, I'd just comfort eat. But now I've built that habit. It's really hard to break it. But actually when you enjoy something as much as you enjoy, you know, working out, I now actually think, you know, Oh, should I eat that chocolate bar? Because I know that tomorrow I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to feel worse. If I'm going to feel worse when I train, if I've eaten this, or if I've, or I, do I just want one instead of like five, which is how you become this size. People don't get fat by eating one chocolate bar. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> People get fat by eating in excess. That's, that's how it happens. See, I, don't know it. If you, I don't know if you knew that.
3: <laughs> I would say you've partially answered your question there though, because the decision you make not to eat certain things or certain quantities, because you know it's going to make you feel rubbish the next day doing the workout, to me would answer the question of is that unhealthy because you yourself are kind of telling yourself that well if i'm not fueling myself correctly i can't perform well and in a workout that doesn't really matter but in life in general you know that your physical activities at work things like that it's the same calculation really isn't it mm. but people generally kind of just push through with work as opposed to like skipping a workout sort of thing so i don't know i think that's a going negative- answer your question but maybe you did and i was there's a negative stigma leave. around it as well isn't there for saying that
1: you know if you say someone's unhealthy because of the way they look there's a negative stigma attached to that that you're shaming that person in such a like so, and i think that's you know the problem with society at the moment is that very thing you know the reality is it is unhealthy to be at certain you know whether it's weighing too much or weighing too little and that's not to say that's not okay and there are not reasons behind that but I feel like sometimes it's difficult to to address now and not come across as shaming or being negative about just, someone. Sorry, just to,
0: just to caveat that real quick, because you could also, and I found this, some of my friends are the most unhealthy people because they are... You're an average inning 30 commas size person but they smoke 30 fags a day yeah. which is why that which is why they're an average size person because they suppress the need to eat so much or you know and you you because i if i wanted to i could smoke 30 cigarettes a day i guarantee i wouldn't eat as much a day because that's you know I, i've done that before and it suppressed my you know the need to eat i guarantee i would you know be a lot worse off for it and i definitely wouldn't perform as much was well in the gym obviously if i ate less food and better food for me then i would do better as well but it is a big as you say like people you know i've, I've realistically have i ever been apart from at school like i don't know maybe i Maybe I have, and I've just not realised. But like, actually, being shamed that I am the size that I am—like, do, do have I ever sat there and thought, "You know what? That person's really mugging me off because I'm big," you know? And like, and maybe that's why, like, I've got a bit of a thing about bigger people's clothes and stuff like that. Like, in, in the answer to that question is get smaller. If I if I care enough, I'll you know, get smaller. There is some responsibility on, you know, and it, I'm I'm not I'm picking on you because you're here, but I, I'm not really because you're an amenable person who actually is, you know, is is caring and has said to me, like, you know, whatever I can do for you, I will, I will do, and I'll do it at the same price as everyone else's clothes. So it's not, you know, it's none of that sort of stuff. I was chatting with um Will Griffiths at um Wit, the what is he? I can't remember his title, Wit. Um, but he's a he's a bigger lad. Um, on his Instagram, we call it, well. I don't know if it's it's true. I imagine it is a plus size model. Um, so he, he he's a bigger lad, and he we he, we were chatting over Instagram because I knew that we were talking about this on the podcast, and he was saying, "Noble, they don't make they very very few X, um, anything over XL. Nike, very few if anything over double XL. Reebok." And you know nothing over double XL. Even something like um, Boohoo Man, who sponsor Eddie Hall, who is huge. I've stood next to Eddie Hall before, and I look small. Like the guy is massive. <laughs> it, there's no way he fits in a smaller t-shirt than me. They don't make anything over a double XL in a t-shirt. So he obviously has his his kind of man-made. You know what well, I made made for him. You know what I mean. So you're saying that he's a, bit, a nice. bit of a sellout, then, really? Well, but, but I was but I was having <laughs> I was having this exact conversation with the boys about um about like amb- brand ambassadry and stuff like that. So like becoming a brand ambassador, could I could I within my own self become some form of brand ambassador if the brand I was being the ambassador for didn't even normally make my size of clothing? you know what sort of integrity would I have if I'm if you know if I'm being an ambassador for a brand that I have to have my clothes you know specially made you know that's not it's not really you know I'm not saying that kids are going to look to me or anyone's going to look at me and go oh, I want to look just like that guy um you know and I, I don't think they think that of brand ambassadors just generally really this is a bit of a side on the but we like it, it does kind of tie into the whole package of what, what does a CrossFitter look like? You know, are we providing the right sort of clothing for people, you know, and all, all that, all that kind of stuff. It kind of fits quite nicely together. Um, but yeah, I, I, mate, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got you on this podcast if I didn't think you're an absolute legend. And I didn't think you, take, and I think you could take, I didn't think you could take the bashing you um in fact you almost asked for it on instagram you were you were i think you kind of i just said i'll answer anything i'll talk
1: about anything so i guess that kind of yeah you blame lies at my
0: of course no but it doesn't though because you are you're a brand who talks to the market you know it's not you're not a nike or a Ball or a reebok or a you know any of those kind of brands that just put stuff out there and don't even think none
3: of us are going to be brand ambassadors after (laughs) (laughs) after after thrown all those companies under the bus oh well because you were
0: you were thinking of being a brand ambassador for nike were you that that was your goal
2: well i should i should have have raised my uh, eyes yeah you know raised more Podmin beforehand i've got an email waiting
0: no notice i didn't notice uh, mention puma (sighs) just saying (laughs) But, but it, oh, no, you don't, am I, shall I talk about, I'm going to talk about this very quickly, very, very quickly. No, no, because in fact, this what this is a bit raw, but I, I felt fat shamed. Or in fact, that's probably one of the, it's probably one of the single most embarrassing moments of my fitness career on, we, I, we were doing a, we were doing an event, and this is not against, people who were running an event or the brand um so i was i was emceeing an event and was they were giving clothes out at the event um so that everyone was kind of wearing the same clothes and the same shoes and the same shorts and trousers and and t-shirts and stuff and they had a pair of shoes for me and they had a pair of shorts for me because I have a normal size pair of shoes, and I wear normal sized pairs of shorts. They didn't have a T-shirt for me, and I was the only person in the venue who didn't have a T-shirt of the brand. Um, and I was the MC, um, so that was a little bit awkward. Yeah, I, I, I
1: assume they asked in advance for everyone's. That,
0: um, it was a bit. It was a bit of a weird one because I think their other person kind of dropped out, and I was a last minute. I was a last minute, but they only got to a double XL, and that probably wouldn't have fitted me anyway. Um, the the whole brand don't don't go above a double XL, um, and that, that's not their fault. Again, we've talked about why people, why companies go for that sort of sizing and and stuff. But just on a personal note, that that did make me feel a bit rubbish when I when everyone else is there in their stuff. And obviously, there are influencers and fit people and all that sort of stuff there. And but and I'm the guy who didn't get my yeah. Thomas, there, influencer, fit person. Um, <laughs> But I, yeah, and I I didn't get a t-shirt, and and that did make me feel a bit (laughs) feel small. Yeah, not at least let you
1: take it away so you could put it on eBay and just get a little bit of joy from it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, to be fair, I I wasn't bothered. I wasn't bothered because I got to wear a t-shirt of a competition, like a a smaller competition that got them some publicity, which was nice. Um, And it wasn't, yeah. But it, it kind of personally, that's really one of the first times or the only times I felt a bit uncomfortable. Um, in my own skin. But it did make me go to the gym and train harder when I got back. So there is a there is a plus side. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that's... Anyone anyone got any more for that? Because I'm kind of... I, st- I started off going in really hard on you, Steve, and now I'm like sobbing in a corner. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the full full roundabout of emotion for me. But um,
1: yeah. I guess the only other thing that, may, that I, I would just... Not closing the point, but you know like people you know that want to start getting fitter and healthier the, the strange thing is they would look at crossfit see what they google and see what comes up and think that were the last place for them and then end up at a you know a standard commercial gym where they are far more likely to get people being you know shaming or inappropriate because they don't care about anything except their workout and themselves and that's the ironic thing about the fact that if they did actually go into a CrossFit gym, they'd be welcome with open arms and everyone would be on their side immediately. Like they all have everyone that walks through the door, regardless of anything. And that I find that's, that's a strange thing. And that's again, something that, you know, what does your CrossFit look like? It looks like everyone because that's what
0: it is. That's it. What does a CrossFit look like? A CrossFit looks like an incredible human being. Regardless of, I'd mean that as well. Like I'm not even just saying that in a flippant way. Jason immediately laughing, uh, <laughs> but genuinely, like I don't, I haven't met many people, if any, that are complete idiots. Um, genuinely, most people are genuinely very nice. So I guess, what does a CrossFitter look like? It doesn't really matter on the outside. It's what's on the inside that counts. <laughs>
2: And I think that's, that's really important. And I, I will, I, I've got one more point to, to add to, to this week's discussion. And I think Sam, first of all, first of all, really appreciate you kind of sharing your kind of how you feel about your weight now and, you know, your reflections as well. So thank you for kind of doing that. And I think what's interesting is you were talking about, you know, if you wanted to lose weight, you could, but you, and I'm, I'm, apologies if I'm paraphrasing incorrectly, like, but you know, you'd be miserable right because you'd not be able to eat the things you enjoy and but at the same time you were saying but you're very conscious of perhaps not eating the five chocolate bars it's the one chocolate bar and probably i imagine you're thinking about well i'm training tomorrow so i want to make sure i'm whatever i'm doing whether i've got a slight caloric deficit or not calorific caloric um that we've, we've been there before, um, is it's sustainable, right? And to some degree, that's about how you feel on the inside, right? You're striving for physical and mental health and wellness, right? That you're not just miserable because you're kind of not feeding yourself enough to be able to train, which is a vicious circle, and then there's the other one. So, you know, I think you you really hit it on the head, nail on the head, being like, on the outside, it doesn't matter. It's a lot more about on the inside
0: yeah i agree thank you i appreciate that um yeah i <laughs> i agree thank you very much um let us let's bring this one let's bring this one to a close jace have you got any i, I hope you have got some shout outs today um i've definitely got one but you go you crack on first because it might be the same one
3: uh no i think we're gonna have different ones i'd be okay. amazed if you have my one um so the shout out i would give this time because as of recording this uh, we're just ahead of um uh sid pairs in cardiff at the mm-hmm. weekend uh, so i should give a shout out especially after the other week when you both said that your wives don't listen to the podcast i will give a shout out to my wife rochelle who Aww. does listen to the podcast and even though we've been locked down for you know 10 days or whatever it is with the kids is still letting me go on saturday on my own <laughs> to cardiff so that i can uh, attend that event so um i think i'll give her the shout out this week yeah.
2: Thank thank you, Mrs. Croxon, for letting Jason come out and play.
0: Thanks, Mrs. Croxon. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, you lovely lady.
2: <laughs>
0: well, mine was um, mine was gonna be Sarah McBride, because I really want to see her do a burpee backflip after uh after scene after you posting that on Instagram, Jace. If you do have it, if you do have Instagram, who doesn't have Instagram these days? Um, go and find us at plate.stack.chat, uh, where you can see all the beautiful things that Jason and Tom make and put on Instagram. Um if you <laughs> if you want to uh, find Stee, um you probably won't want to go for his um, you you don't want people adding you on your private one, do you really I wouldn't imagine? They can um... <laughs> <laughs> do what you want really <laughs> <It's> my... <laughs> You could you could do what you want. He'll just uh, he'll just not bother messaging it's you. It's not
1: even private. I just welcome everyone with open arms. I'm just mad oh, at the people, mate.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, if you go to at the Defiant Co, you can find um, his business, his all of his stuff. If you write funny things in your story and tag them in it, um, they will probably, as he said earlier, he'll probably share it um, with some other funny comment um i'll just take this opportunity have you got anything coming up in the in the near future because i you've got some cool stuff i think haven't you that might have happened before this airs maybe
1: yeah so my october looks like um pretty busy so i've got seaside fitness series that i'm going to be vendoring at on the 2nd of october um i've got the weekend after that, I'm off, but I'm going to go down to the Middle of Fitness Games, support some of the teams from our box, and have a look around at that because that looks like a pretty, pretty cool event. Weekend after that, I am at the project, which is my gym. They've got same-sex freeze comp, and I'll be MCing at that, so that'll be an interesting experience. <laughs> um, I'll be no Sam, but I'm going to do my best. I'll and then the week after is a big one, that's CrossFest. And that's basically what we're looking forward to. That's just going to be mm-hmm. the bomb. And we're sponsoring it, which is awesome because it's just such a growing event. Lance is just unbelievable what he's put together. 600 athletes. We're doing the merch teas from the crew team. It's just going to be such an amazing event. I'm actually competing in that as well in a scale team. And I've got <laughs> all my beasts, Crouchy and Ethan and Matt, Josie and... Um, Adam Walker and Jenny from Buxton are competing in an RX team for us as well. So it should be a pretty good team. try and take the crown from Kellen and There
0: you go. (laughs) We're in the game. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on. You're an absolute legend. Hopefully we'll be able to get you back for next week wearing a different T-shirt. But we're we're not sure. But, um, yeah, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you again next week.